Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Students will be returning to schools in many districts across Utah soon. How are officials planning to keep students and teachers safe amid the pandemic? What will the mix of in-person and online teaching be? How does everyone feel about going back to school? These and many other questions this hour on the program. We're going to be talking about uh, this with students, parents, teachers, and administrators. And we'd love to get your question or comment right now to uh, upraxis at gmail.com. That's our email, upraxis at gmail.com. Um, and uh, in this hour, we'll be talking with a high school freshman from Skyview High School, uh, a high school a teacher, high school principal. We'll be talking with a parent of an elementary school student and uh, other elementary uh, officials. And we begin at the uh, district uh, level. Uh, we bring in uh, Tim Smith, who's Chief Academic Officer with the Cache County School District. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Uh, Gary Thomas is Elementary Education Director with the uh, District Office. Thank you for joining us. Yes, you're welcome. And uh, Kurt Jenkins is with Student Support Services and Online Learning with the District Office, Cache County School Districts. Thanks uh, for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, let me tar- uh, start with you, uh, Tim Smith. Um, I understand, uh, you know, a lot of preparation, obviously, leading up to this, and I think in August first deadline to have plans in place, right? Uh, I understand leading up to this, you did uh, did some surveys. What what kinds of questions were you asking? Yes, we did a number of surveys with uh, parents, students, and uh, teachers, staff, employees. Um, some of those were done early in the spring with regards to, um, you know, how we did with online instruction in the spring, what we could improve upon. Um, so those really had a, that kind of intent in mind. And then as the summer rolled on and the state came out with their recommendations and requirements, um, we did a number of surveys with parents and employees just regarding uh, concerns that they had with, re- with those requirements and recommendations. Uh, after we had developed our plan, we uh, sent out additional surveys to see if uh, there were additional concerns about our plan. Um, in the first one, we got an overwhelming response from parents, um, and the concerns were um, pretty diversified and, uh, as you can imagine, on a lot of different topics. And so one of the most difficult things about uh, developing our plans and and putting our preparations in place to open school has been how to meet the needs of uh, all of our our patrons out there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm reading this from a letter you sent out um, about uh, the you know concerns. I guess these are from parents and others. Uh, face coverings, children coming to school ill, school cleaning, social-emotional health, availability of online instruction, and a desire for normalcy when it comes to in-person instruction. Uh, how, how strong was that? Were, were a lot of parents saying, I want to send my kid back? Yes, yeah, we had about uh, 77% of our parents that wanted their kids back for in-person instruction. Uh, at the time, we had about 8% saying they would choose our, our online environment. Um, real numbers right now on the ground are about 4% of our, our populations choosing the online school, um, and the overwhelming majority are, are planning on coming back to us in person. So that's kind of what we're looking at at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me turn uh, next to uh, Gary Thomas, uh, Elementary Education Director. What uh, what are specific s- concerns at the elementary level? I imagine there'd be some of the same concerns across the district, but uh, maybe some more specific concerns at the elementary level? 
honesty, I'm, I'm glad to be in the elementary versus the secondary right now. Uh, in many ways, I think we have maybe less concerns than, than the secondary. Uh, research is kind of saying that this affects those younger kids, uh, maybe not quite as highly as it does some of the, the older kids or adults. Uh, the other thing is we just look at an elementary school and, and how we move around and, and the way we, we educate kids. We keep our kids, for the most part, with the same teacher all day. So kids aren't moving from class to class every 45 minutes or every hour. I think that helps. Uh, when we do move students, whether it be move, you know, uh, out to recess or to the lunchroom or to whatever, we don't just turn kids loose in the elementary. We, we line up. We, we move in an orderly fashion. We direct that movement. And I think... Uh, just a couple of, the, couple of those little things like that make a huge difference uh, as we try to mitigate some of, of this uh, this virus and this pandemic as we move through it. Those little things are going to help us keep kids, I think, from having greater contact than maybe, uh, for example, at a secondary school. Mm. Uh, have there been any concerns expressed by families, by parents? Um, of course, yeah, we, we, we think we know that uh, maybe the, the virus um, uh, you know, doesn't affect uh, uh, young kids as, uh, quite as much, but I guess a kid could get sick or even asymptomatic and take that home to an older uh, family member. True, and, and that's one of the things that we're, we're probably more concerned about is is and and parents have expressed that same thing. Maybe they've got someone in their home who who is immunocompromised at the moment, uh, or or maybe they have a grandparent living in the home with them, and and they have some, some concerns that way. The other concern that we have is, you know, some of our our own staff uh, there in the buildings uh, might be at a higher risk just because of their age or other circumstances that they are with. So. So part of this, a uh, big part of this, uh, even if we're not quite as concerned about the effect that it has on younger children, we have a lot of adults in that building and a lot of adults that these kids are going home to. So we, we surely want to keep them safe also. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt Jenkins with Student Support Services Online Learning. Um, I, I imagine that there's an opt-out uh, option. Families that don't want to send their kids back to school can, can opt for the uh, you know, all online learning? Is that an option? Yep, that's right. We've, uh, we have a form out, and parents have been signing their kids up um, for elementary K-6 in our district. And our 7 through 12, they're actually working with the counselors for our online program for 7 through 12. Some of our kids are taking full classes uh, online, and some are just maybe taking some classes online and maybe a couple of classes on campus, minimizing their time on campus. Mm. Uh, what is your experience? Of course, we started this uh, around March, right? To, so to finish out the, the previous school year, it, was, it went to online learning, uh, I, I believe, right? Well, it, it went to remote learning. Uh, uh, remote learning, online okay. was a, Yeah, so the part that we're working on, that I'm working on, is actually the online courses. It's different than remote. We have okay. specific teachers who will be teaching these online classes. So they won't be the regular teachers that uh, were teaching during the, the soft closure. Mm-hmm. What, were there lessons we learned, do we think, during the soft closure? Uh, I don't know if uh, uh, yeah. You, you do, yeah, I imagine there were. What what are some of, what are to be prepared? What are what are some of the top things that you learned? 
I, I'll jump in there, okay. um, if I may. I think one of the most important things we've learned through this whole process is the importance of a school teacher in the life of a student and in teaching that student skills. Uh, the message came across loud and clear from our patrons that uh, when our teachers did go online, if we could simulate that live experience between the teacher and the student, um, that was the most important aspect of, of those students continuing to have that relationship of trust with their teachers and continuing to learn from their teachers in as much of a live or recorded setting as possible. But just pushing assignments out there uh, just didn't work as well as, as having a teacher to care for a group of, of children. Mm -hmm. And I know a concern is the progress of the of students, right? That's why, that's why even amid safety concerns, I think, right, there is a push to, you know, let's have in person if we can yeah. or... We can, if we think we can do it Yeah, safely. and what was unique about the spring was we were um, right at the end of our school year. We were just going into testing. So we were able to take our foot off the accelerator a little bit in the spring. That's not the case here in the fall. Um, you know, if we want some continuity to learning and um, to help the students develop some competencies and skills, we're going to have to keep our foot on the accelerator a little bit going into the fall, and mm -hmm. that's going to be a different experience for all of us. Yeah. So what about the, uh, of course, there, there's the impetus, uh, you know, I, I I know from talking to young people, uh, they want to get back, at least the ones I talk to, they're starved for, you know, seeing their friends face to face and their teachers uh, and the progress of the students. There are a lot of reasons to, you know, to, to try to do this, but of course, safety is paramount. What, uh, uh, what are the safety measures? Yeah, so we, uh, and you're right, it's absolutely paramount. So as far as our safe and healthy schools uh, protocols, we've got uh, a lot of things going on in that area, everywhere from um, it's starting at home. That's probably our first and foremost is that parents and families uh, need to be keeping their students home when they're ill, monitoring their students for symptoms. Uh, isolation and quarantine are two of our most important tools in, in fighting the virus. And then when they get to school, being willing to, to utilize face coverings, um, social distance when we can, um, be extra vigilant at cleaning, uh, you know, high-touch surfaces and taking those kind of a measures in the school settings are important. We're meeting with the health department today to, to discuss uh, case investigation, contact tracing, and um, student or school dismissals as we work through this process. Um, that's again is going to be key that if we do have cases that we have the ability to respond and respond quickly and to isolate and quarantine those individuals so we don't see outbreaks. Mm -hmm. uh, do we? I guess there's a lot of unknowns about this this virus. Do we? What level of um, I want to use the word hope or expectation or probability? Do we? It, I mean, it is. I would think it's quite likely to have at least some cases, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely probably a high probability. Um, we've done pretty well with our uh, sports activities so far, um, taking some extra precautions, but opening schools a whole different um, environment. So, um, I read a study this morning, just this morning, about. Uh, countries that have been successful at opening schools and their um, spread rates with regards to COVID-19 and um, 
the U.S. is trying to do something that uh, hasn't been successful in other countries, which is open when our spread rates are a little bit higher. We're fortunate in Cash Valley, as I think we have um, lower rates than what they're experiencing in much of the country and certainly in some places in Utah. So we're watching those numbers very carefully. If you just joined us, we're talking about going back to school, K-12, through and we're talking with uh, some officials of the Cache County School District. Later on, we'll be talking with an elementary principal and a parent of an elementary student. We'll be talking with uh, the high school uh, freshman as well and uh, high school principal, high school teacher. Uh, we'd love to get your question or comment uh, through as well to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. We do have this email from uh, Glenn in the Uona Basin. Uh, so I'll read this and just uh, have you respond. It has to do with online uh, learning. Uh, Glenn says, hello, I recently had a conversation with the principal coordinator for the uh, Duchesne County School District online program. Duchesne County, for those who don't know, is out in the Uinta Basin. Uh, This program utilizes the state online systems. This person intimated that the usual expectation for online and adult online enrollment was around 120 persons. As of the time which we spoke, there were over uh, 1,200 students enrolled from the Duchesne County uh, with more anticipated. I looked around the classroom and noticed that about 20 to 30 computers in total, not six feet apart, The unit is already under preparation for their expected capacity, let alone the 1,000% enrollment. Obviously, there will be a good many students operating from home, but I wonder about those students who do not have access to computers or Internet. Are they to be sent to to school deprived of the online privilege? I've also heard that the county school board and superintendent, Cache County School Board and superintendent, made a little movement toward putting people in positions to aid online program due to its enrollment growth. The enrollment spans the entire spectrum of K through 12 students, which would require teachers who have specialized in each of those grades to be engaged. In the interest of full disclosure, my information is dated by about three weeks. I don't know about uh, the other 28 counties within the state are doing, but Duchesne County seems to be struggling to get a grip on the situation. That's uh, Glenn. So uh, I'll direct this first to you, uh, Kurt Jenkins, with the uh, online learning student support services. Uh, the... Um, you know, in the Cache County uh, School District, um, this idea of, of uh, putting people in positions to aid in the online program, do you, are you fully staffed? Do you have the resources? Uh, yes, right now we are fully staffed. So we have, uh, since it's our own program, we can staff it ourselves. We have teachers in our K-6 through right now, and we'll be meeting with them next week. Our high school piece is uh, we belong to a shared consortium with uh, Jordan School District and Murray and Nebo and Park City. And so we each contribute certified teachers to that. Yesterday, we did add from our district uh, six new teachers. So it's definitely a growing program. But I think we can scale it as our enrollment increases. And uh, what about, um, so I assume there's uh, options for a, a student, maybe family, that, uh, that can't provide their own computers. Are there computers available, uh, equipment available? So we are trying to make uh, some Chromebooks available. Uh, they're a little bit hard to come by, as you can imagine, since every school in the country is looking for Chromebooks. But we think we have... Uh, access that we could provide one per family um so hopefully that's that will take care of that issue that we're having okay 
We'll move toward the end here of this segment. Uh, I want to uh, uh, turn back before we leave to Gary Thomas, elementary education uh, director. You said earlier there there's some advantages, uh, you know, in the elementary level, uh, including that students all stay in the same uh, room, you know, they don't move around, uh, the same teacher, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's... <laughs> Uh, I, I would, uh, before you said that, I would have thought it'd be a little more difficult with, uh, you know, to get the kids, the younger kids to, to follow protocols because they're younger kids. Uh, you know, you would think that, but in all honesty, uh, I've, the majority of my career has been in the elementary, but I've also spent a, a few years in the, in the middle school and the high school. And to be honest, uh, these elementary kids want to please their teacher and they want to do what's asked of them. And so uh, there's not quite the attitude that there might be with, with you know, an older student. Uh, I, I really believe they'll come in, the, the expectations will be set those first couple days, and, and for the most part, these kids will want to meet those expectations. They want to please their teacher. Uh, kids at the elementary are excited to go to school. They're excited to be back at school and to, and to be with their friends. And... And I really think for the most part, uh, there's always some exceptions, of course, but for the most part, I really think they will, they'll, they'll do what's asked of them. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, end this uh, segment with um, uh, Tim Smith, uh, who's Chief Academic Officer with the Cache County School District. Uh, so you, uh, obviously you believe the, the plan in place is, 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 is a good plan, right? Otherwise you wouldn't have gone forward with this. Um, I, I know you probably have concerns. Parents have concerns. Um, what uh, what do you say to parents to, to alleviate the concerns? Yeah, and I would say as far as plans go, that plans are only as good as the people who implement them. And uh, that's probably our largest concern as we look across a system as large as ours with the number of students. We have about 19,000 students. And uh, I think we have to understand if there's one thing we've learned during this whole situation is is things change and sometimes daily with regards to how we need to respond. And so I think our plan is very simple, straightforward, and um, we just want to assure parents out there that we're going to do our best as a school district if we have your students in an online setting or in an in-person setting to give them the best education that we can we're going to try to keep them safe, um, but then we're going to be flexible and adaptable to, to changing situations, and we hope that um, across the board from parents to employees, we can all kind of have that attitude of we'll adjust as we needed, need, we'll um, address issues on a case-by-case basis. Uh, we just had this question come in. I want to direct this uh, to you, Tim Smith. Um, this is a, a, a short question from Rick. Uh, do you have a certain uh, threshold or thresholds at which a classroom, a school, or the district might have to close? Do you, do you have contingency planning uh, on that level? Uh, yes, uh, and the direction we're getting from the health department is uh, an outbreak's defined as three student, three or more students in a classroom who've tested positive, and then an outbreak at a school level defined as 15 or more students or 10%, whichever is, is least. So... Um, that's the guidance we have right now from the health department. Again, um, we're going to have to look at each situation if if circumstances arise that we do something different than that in a in a circumstance, we'll do that as well. But that's kind of the direction that we're receiving. 
Um, we've got a very aggressive uh, kind of case investigation protocol and contact monitoring protocol in place so that we make sure we act fast on uh, these issues when we get a case. Um, I probably am a little bit unique in and of myself in that I've had COVID back in June in my family. And, oh, really? Uh, I can tell you that, yes. Yeah. And I can tell you that um, isolating very quickly was, was probably our key to success, and that still had five people in my household that got the virus. So, mm, Yeah. How, how was it with you or your family? Is it moderate, severe? Yeah, when all you know, my uh, wife, who has some underlying conditions, was uh, the most serious in our family, and uh, we were concerned there. I was uh, kind of in the middle, and I had a son who had a scratchy throat that was 18, and that's the only symptom he ever had. And so, mm-hmm. I think it does break along some some underlying conditions and and uh, age issues, but those aren't a lot of data points. But that's certainly what what the science is telling us at this point. Okay. Well, we really appreciate it. We'll we'll uh, move to a break and then get to uh, next segment, which will focus on elementary schools, and our last segment will focus on on high school. Um, uh, Tim Smith, Chief Academic Officer with the uh, Cash County School District. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. And uh, just express personally, I'm glad glad your family uh, made it through the through the COVID. Glad you glad you're back and healthy. Thanks, Tom. Um, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, Gary Thomas, uh, Elementary Education Director with Cache County School Districts. Thank you. Thank you. And Kerr Jenkins, uh, Student Support Services Online Learning with the District Office. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be with you. Uh, we invite uh, your uh, questions, comments, of course, through the hour. Um, love to know what you're thinking about this. Going back to school at uh, uh, Cache County School District is uh, is going back to school um, you know, sort of regular schedule um, with with a lot of uh, protocols. Uh, Logan School District is at least having a, a soft entry, they're calling it, with half days. Uh, so a lot of different uh, plans around the state. Uh, love to hear what you think. Upraxis at gmail.com. Upraxis at gmail.com. We'll have more following this break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members. And Devour Utah, a monthly magazine devoted to covering Utah's dining and drink scene, with a spotlight on cooking, local happenings, and libations. Available at newsstands or online at devourutah.com. Utah Public Radio is adding some great programs to our schedule. Tune in soon for Both Sides of the Aisle, Climate One, Reveal. It's been a minute with Sam Sanders, BBC's Outlook, LA Theater Works, Latino USA, BBC's News Hour. Alt Latino, The Brazilian Hour, BBC's People Fixing the World, Blues Before Sunrise, and BBC's World Book Club. Join us for these new to UPR programs beginning the week of August 17th. UPR is your public radio station, and we share your concerns about finding ways to safely support restaurants and retailers in our communities. That is why we are offering free on-air and online announcements to help you better inform your customers about COVID-19 shopping, dining, and entertainment services. Simply go to upr.org and submit your hours for dine-in operations, pandemic policy shopping guidelines, virtual road trip links, and special curbside or drop-off food or grocery delivery details. UPR is committed to reconnecting us all, however your business or organization is making that happen. Let us help you by going to upr.org. 
Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking about going back to school. And in any other year, it'd be exciting and uh, and and just normal, right? Uh, but amid the pandemic, there are concerns, um, precautions to take, plans to be made. And uh, we've been talking with officials at the Cache County School District uh, level. Uh, later in the program, we'll be talking with a high school student, an incoming freshman, uh, and a high school principal, and then a high school teacher. Now we focus on uh, elementary uh, level. And uh, we're going to be talking with an elementary principal. Right now we bring in um, Connie Goats, who is a parent of an elementary uh, school student, or at least one. Uh, Connie Goats, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, do you, do you have, I guess you have at least one student going to elementary. Yes, I've got a fourth grade girl going in. All right, so fourth grade. So as I mentioned, uh, you know, this would be just be exciting, right, uh, in any other year. Uh, th- this year, I'm sure you have concerns. What, uh, what are some of your concerns? You know, I, I think probably my biggest concern is the level of trust I think we have to put into other parents, sending their kids to school, right, of following guidelines and directions we've been given to keep our kids healthy and monitor symptoms. If, you know, showing signs of anything and keeping them home. So I'm sending my kid to school, trusting other parents to send their kid to school healthy and well to not infect infect my daughter, right, to bring that home to us. Right. And, and I, um, you know, I, I, I know this is a thing, right? Sometimes parents, they have to get to work or whatever it is, and they, they, they do send their, or at least in the past, have sent their uh, kid to school sick. And so there, right. there is a matter of trust. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, that, and obviously we've got the mask, you know, she's thinking, I'm excited to go back to school, a little nervous about wearing a mask all day. But like you said earlier, and they like to please their their teachers and the expectation going in and keeping those masks on early on and letting them know like this is required and this is how it's going to be and an expectation then I think if we can knock that out that first few days of school and the kids know that it's serious business and they'll adapt and they'll get used to it and it'll be fine Mm -hmm. because that outweighs they're glad to be back in person teaching or learning. Yeah so the rule is uh, your fourth grade will have to wear a mask all day? Yes. Yeah, which which is understandable. Yep. Yeah. Um. And what? Uh, how is she? Uh, what she's saying about that? Uh, just a little nervous. I mean, she's fine to go in public. We've been out plenty enough and wear a mask. And I mean, no one enjoys wearing a mask. I don't. I mean, it's not a fun thing for anyone. It's uncomfortable. You got to get used to it. Whatever. So to wear it for an extended period of time will be a little tricky. I do know. Um, our principal had told us that they're working on some mask breaks, as they're calling them, to get kids have an opportunity to take their mask off and breathe and have space, and um, which I think will help. And they'll they'll get used to it. You know, there's plenty of physicians and doctors and nurses and healthcare people that are wearing masks extended period of time, and it's it's going to be okay. We're going to be fine, and it's going to help and make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bring in Melissa. Uh, is it Elgin or Elgin? Elgin. Elgin. Okay, Melissa Elgin, uh, you're a fifth grade teacher, I understand. Uh, sixth grade. Sixth grade teacher. Um, so how, how do you feel uh, going back? Do you, do you feel like protocols are put in place? You, do, do you feel relatively safe going back? You know, it, it's quite 
um, an adventure, I would say. There's a lot of new things, but also there's a lot of things that we do every year. This year is always a busy, stressful time and trying to think back to what you did last year and how you want to improve, but then also we have new protocols that we have to work through and how, how are we going to teach those expectations of wearing masks and teach the expectations of watching, washing our hands frequently. So there's a new level of difficulty that we are experiencing, but I think it'll be really good to be in the classroom and to have that experience with your students so that they can have some normalcy of going back to school, even though we do have a difference in wearing masks and being socially distanced from each other. Mm. That, that's a that's a phrase that comes up, a normalcy. Um, we went through, you know, March, April, what, May of, uh, what did we call that? It wasn't online, but it was remote learning, right? Um, yeah. And uh, now a full summer, and uh, a lot of parents, a lot of students are, are saying, boy, I, I, I want to get back, but of course they want to be safe. Uh, do, you, do you think the district has struck a good balance? Um, yes, I, I, I think we're, we're trying to strike a balance, and in no world is ever anything exactly perfect. There, you want to have it be normal, but you also want to be safe, and sometimes those two things don't mesh very well. And so you have to strike that balance, and it's uncomfortable, I think. It's going to be uncomfortable at the beginning um, with the mask and with socially distanced, but I think it will become comfortable and it will become normal. Mm -hmm. oh, we're in uh, Alden Jack, who's elementary principal. Um, t tell me about the, the protocols. Of course, there are plans in place. Uh, try to do the best we can to keep uh, kids, teachers, staff uh, safe. What We've talked about wearing masks. Everybody's going to wear a mask uh, uh, all day, I think, right? What are some other protocols? There are three major things that we're looking at doing. <clears throat> First of all, we have increased awareness about that respiratory hygiene, um, and the, that involves the masks. But second, we're also looking at those high-touch surfaces, how to keep those sanitized and clean. We have an augmented cleaning regimen that uh, we've worked through pretty carefully. And the last piece I would say is that we really need to be careful about asking all staff members, parents, students, to just stay home if they're not feeling well. And they have illness monitoring protocols that we'll uh, follow with our local health department. And we think that those three things working together can help us keep schools open. We want kids to be in the seats learning. We want schools to be a welcoming place for kids. But we're also very concerned to make sure it stays safe. And we think we can accomplish that with those, those three major protocols. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you, are you hearing concerns from parents, or, or do you have uh, parents at your school that are opting out? They're going to go to online with their kids. You know, we we do we do have some. I would you know we have a school of about 500 students, and right now we have about 12 that have opted to do our online school program. Maybe another 10 or 12 that have opted to do other homeschooling options. So the majority of our school community wants to return to the school and. Uh, I think that they're feeling our efforts to try to reassure them that our school's going to be largely the same. We'll have mm. Looks like we lost uh, Alden Jack, uh, elementary principal. We'll try to get him back. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Connie Goetz, uh, the parent of an elementary, a fourth grader, 
Um, what um, emotionally? What's your uh, what's your fourth grader saying? Excited to go back to school? Does she have some concerns? You know, uh, I would I'd say it's pretty normal from previous years. I mean, there's always the nervous of getting back to school for everyone and meeting a new teacher, a new classroom, and whatnot. So she she's pretty, I would say, average and and. With, compared to previous years of her level of excitement, I, th- I know for sure she's glad to be back, looking forward to going back in-person learning. Um, the online learning definitely wasn't as effective, and I think she feels she's excited, looking forward to that. And it's just just like any other school year, it'll be a new teacher, new classroom, new kids, and they, they get to know and uh, protocols and whatnot, and she'll be She'll be fine. She's she's excited. Well, that's good, and 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 uh, hopefully, right, the worries be borne by you as parent, less by her, right? But but you're uh, you're right. I guess you're you're pretty fairly confident. And you said your your biggest concern was other par- parents sending their kids to school if they're sick. Yeah, you know, I I feel like we got to trust the guidelines. We got to trust the protocols that have been put in place, and. Um, if we can do that and everyone just comply and be a good citizen and, you know, out of respect, wearing masks, setting our kids healthy for the teachers and the faculty members that obviously have an interest in my kids' education, like we need to show them respect and appreciation and doing our part to make this a experience, a positive experience and that we can get back in, in person learning and some normalcy back in our lives, right? Yeah. Um, we have Alden Jack back. Um, uh, sorry about that. I guess we got cut up there. Uh, do we have you back? Yes. Okay. Uh, you were talking about the online. You, you uh, think in the, in the middle there, there are a certain percentage of parents who do want to uh, keep their, their uh, students, their kids home, uh, right? I, I'm not sure if I caught the, if you gave a percentage or anything. Yes, we've, we've got about 500 students in our building. And uh, right now we have about 12 who are going to do the online school option offered by the district. We have about another uh, 10 or 12 that are also opting to do other homeschool or other school enrollment options elsewhere. And so I think the, the large majority of our community, uh, it feels good about the protocols. Uh, they want our, their kids to come back to our school. And uh, we just feel uh, very humbled and grateful by that, that we can have so many kids return to us this coming school year. Mm. Uh, Melissa Elgin, uh, sixth grade teacher. Um, the, uh, Connie Goats mentioned that uh, her, at least her uh, child, didn't feel like the uh, you know getting as much out of the instruction, remote instruction, as as in person. Uh, as a teacher, do you? Uh, I wonder how you felt about that. Um, the online, I felt like was at the first couple of weeks. It was very tough to get into. Um, so I had already developed a great relationship with the students in my class, and so we were, I was able to use that relationship. And I had a lot of compliance, and I had a lot of effort and a lot of work. And I know that not everyone was as successful, and I know um, that there were, there were struggles and challenges that came with the online. Um, one of the biggest challenges that I felt like with the online was that it was hard to... Um, get some of the teaching points across and we moved at such a slower pace that we weren't able to finish all of the curriculum that we normally get through. 
Um, one of the pros that I found on, online was that I felt like I could, I had more time to work one-on-one with students that needed help, whereas in the classroom, your time is limited. Um, but I agree that the learning is better in a classroom. You move through more curriculum. You're able to convey your thoughts better when you're speaking them versus writing out every little detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Alda Jack, uh, speaking with Connie Goats, our, our parent of an elementary uh, student here, uh, she says her number one concern is other uh, parents, you know, kind of violating protocols, sending their kids to, to school sick. Do uh, you have protocols in place? You, uh, do you have health checks uh, coming in to send those kids back home? We do. Daily, we'll ask teachers to just remind students, please let me know if you're not feeling well. Uh, we have a protocol in place where if a teacher uh, suspects that a student's not feeling well or is showing any symptoms, or if they, if they self-report, then uh, we'll help them to come down to a safe place in the school office, and we'll connect with the parents and families and uh, talk about the importance of uh, verifying that the students are well before we have them come back to the school. And it really will. It'll, it'll require all of us monitoring for that, and uh, there's a measure of that that we'll need parents to do at home before they send the students to school. But it's something that we also need to be diligent about as we're assisting the kids at the school site. Well, in this segment, we'll give uh, Connie Ghost the, the last word here. I, I imagine, as always, even more important now is communication with teachers, with the with principals, with, uh, you know, the communication to, to, to make sure that everything is, is going well. Yes. Um, we've been very concerned about giving parents as much information as possible about what we expect, how we think schools will be, to reassure them that, we do have these protocols in place and that we're confident that it will go well. But we do need everyone to be informed. We need them to know how to follow these protocols with us. And I think all of us together, it will take us all to keep the schools open and help our kids get back to the learning that needs to happen in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connie Goats, so just finally in this segment, uh, your, you, it sounds like your fourth graders raring to go. A pretty normal year, except uh, you're going to have to wear the face mask all day. Yes, we're hoping we're hoping that's the case, and that you know, like we said, it'll be an adjustment. But I think for just emotionally and um, mentally, it's it'll be a plus to get kids back in the classroom. They need that interaction. They need the in-person teaching, and um, I'm looking forward to it. It should be it should be good. Let's just all do our part, right? Right, right. Well, Connie Goats, a parent of an elementary school uh, a student, uh, thanks for being with us on the program. Thank you. Uh, Melissa Elgin, Elgin uh, who's a sixth grade teacher, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And Alan, Alden Jack, who's an elementary principal, thanks. Yes, my pleasure. Uh, so we've been uh, focusing on elementary uh, uh, level. We've uh, talked with district uh, officials. And in our final segment today, following a break, we're going to turn to high school. We'll have a high school freshman, uh, an English uh, teacher, a girls basketball coach, and high school principal. All coming up following this break. Support for Project Resilience Programming on Utah Public Radio is brought to you in part by our members.
and USU Center for Persons with Disabilities, working to create healthy, inclusive communities through innovative research, service, technical assistance, and education. Information at cpd.usu.edu. When it comes to voting rights, 2020 marks multiple significant anniversaries. 150 years since a Utahan became the first woman to vote in the modern nation, 100 years since the 19th Amendment was passed, and 55 years since the Civil Rights Act became law. Join us on August 26th at the historic Cache County Courthouse to celebrate suffrage and the activists who worked and are still working to ensure these rights are protected. More information at UPR. On the next Putumayo World Music Hour, we'll follow the reggae beat from Jamaica around the world to Brazil, Spain, Nigeria, India, and beyond. I'm Rosalie Howarth. Join me for Reggae Around the World, the next Putumayo World Music Hour. Join us Friday night at 10 on Utah Public Radio. My name is Martha Ham, and I listen at 90.9 in St. George, Utah. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are uh, looking uh, ahead to when students, teachers, administrators are heading back to school. Uh, they went to remote learning around March for the close out the school year uh, last year. Then we had the summer, of course, and uh, now with the, amid the pandemic, we're heading back to school. A lot of different plans. Uh, some schools are uh, doing half days. Um, some school districts, uh, you read about around the country, are not going back at all, at least at this point, to doing remote learning, online learning. Uh, Cache County School District is going back as normal as they can get it, a sort of normal schedule um, with uh, protocols, uh, face masks, uh, cleaning, um, health checks, and uh, and the like. And uh, so we've been talking with district officials. We talked with uh, a elementary school uh, parent, teacher, and a principal um, in the last segment. Now this final segment, uh, about 10 minutes left in the program, we're going to be talking, uh, focusing on high school. And so we uh, bring in uh, Brittany Foster, who's a high school principal. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Alexis Bird is uh, English teacher, uh, PE teacher, and girls basketball coach. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. And uh, Brevin Egbert is, uh, are you an incoming freshman? Yeah, I am an incoming freshman. Okay, so be, you'll be starting your high school experience uh, coming up shortly. Yeah. Okay, great. I want to start with you, Brevin. Um, so what What are your feelings? Do you Do you feel safe going back? Uh, did you uh, What are your What are your thoughts as you head back to high school in person? Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to go back. I missed it a lot. Um, not really too nervous. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be heading back to school and see all my friends again participate in high school do you uh do you, do you feel safe do you do you do you're nervous that you're, you're gonna get the virus uh, heading back in an, an atmosphere where there are more people around no i'm not too nervous i've been going to football and haven't got anything there and i'm just not nervous at all about getting the virus mm-hmm. if i get it i'll be sick for a while and and that's it okay not too worried so what, what about fo- football are, are there 
Is it fairly normal? What are they doing to try to protect you during the pandemic, or is it just sort of normal football practice? Um, so we started out, so every time we're in the classroom, we're going to have masks on, so they have certain protocols to protect us. And then we started out, we separated the younger guys from the older guys at different times so that we could enforce social distancing as much as possible. But now they're trying to get it back to, to as normal as possible. But yeah, there's still some certain protocols, like we have to wear masks in the classroom and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But out on the field, uh, they, there's a lot of contact, obviously, <laughs> in football, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not too worried, though? No, not too worried. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let me turn to Brittany Foster, high school principal. Um, what what are your feelings? Do you, you feel the protocols are, are good, going to be sufficient? Yeah, we've we've been looking pretty closely at the um, state's um, guidebook, and we've addressed as many of the things as we possibly can. We've got desk space in classrooms as much as possible. We've got um, signs around the building encouraging students to walk one way to limit interactions that way. We've um, we're dressing masks. We're doing everything we possibly can to keep the risk as low as possible for all of our students and all of our staff. Will there be uh, health checks, uh, temperature checks, anything like that? There will only be temperature checks for athletes, and, and that's because, you know, they aren't able to, to wear masks while they're exercising or participating. Um, but as far as the health checks, we're asking parents to do that before they send their student to school, and that um, we're asking them to keep their students home if they exhibit any symptoms. Um, we may be checking temperatures if a student comes down and they're ill. We, we might do that just as, as a precaution, as we call parents. But other than that, we won't be doing health checks. We'll ask parents to do that before they send students to school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the. There was a photo snapped by I think it's a high school student. It went viral. <laughs> this, um, yes. I don't know what the protocols in that school were, but that that hallway was pretty full, and there were. I don't think there were any masks. Uh, the uh, I, right. I, I imagine protocols in place try to avoid that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, we we are going to be enforcing masks. Every student will be needing to wear a mask. Um, there, may, there may be a few accommodations made for students who have health needs that prohibit them from wearing a mask. But other than that, every student will be wearing one and um, will be in the halls, teachers and, and administrators, to, to get students to, to class as quickly as possible. Um, we'll be limiting access to lockers to only before school, during lunch, and after school so that there's not congest- as much congestion. Um, what We have one-way halls, so students will not be, uh, you know, normally we have a lot of congestion as students are turning corners, going up and down stairs, but we're, we're hoping that by making everything one-way, that congestion will be reduced and we can quickly get students from one place to the next without, you know, a whole lot of issue as far as students being stuck together for a long period of time. Mm. Let me turn to Alexis Bird. Uh, so you you wear several hats, uh, right? English teacher, PE teacher, girls basketball coach. Um, uh, so maybe starting in the classroom, do you do you feel safe going back with the protocols in place? Yeah, I do. I do feel safe. Um, obviously, it's hard to prepare for the unknown, but um, I do feel comfortable with the protocols that the state and our district have and have in place for us. So it includes wearing masks. Um, are, are you supposed to wear a mask while you're instructing? Um, yeah, so we, we're going to have two options to wear a mask, or they're, going, they're also providing us with a face shield. 
So if we're far enough away from the kids, I do feel comfortable wearing a face shield in front while I'm more than six feet away from them, or I can wear the mask. Like, so I plan on probably wearing a, the face shield while I'm talking up front, and then when I'm walking around, I'll put that face mask on so that it's safer for the students. Okay. Uh, what about uh, in in PE? Um, that's still, I don't know if it's indoors or outdoors this time of year. Yeah, uh, out, we are outside as much as we can as the weather can permit um, that. So that helps with the spacing. It's just a lot like the sports. Um, you know, they can't wear a mask while they're working out, but we hopefully can be able to space them out, disinfect the piece, the supplies that we use you know um the class sizes are a little bigger in pe but there is more space to work with right. compared to a classroom and what about the basketball um so as we talked to brevin about the, the about the football there's there's football obvious obvious contact uh but in basketball you're pretty close to together unless you're not going to play defense i guess <laughs> yeah yeah we like to play defense so we like Brittany was saying we do temperature checks there's a lot of sanitizing of the basketballs and, and hands. We have them symptom checked before they come so we can avoid exposure before. If they know of anyone or they've been in contact with somebody who has tested positive, they are asked to stay in quarantine, quarantine for 14 days. Um, you know, you're moving around in droves, trying to not keep the same people around each other the whole time. I mean, you've got to play defense. You are going to be, you know, closer than six feet in basketball. But so far this summer, it went well. We didn't have any problems with our team we didn't contract anything and um yeah we kept them healthy so will you have a regular schedule be playing other teams from other high schools um so far that's what we've heard we're Mm -hmm. just kind of going forward and hoping that we can continue that that schedule that we've we've had planned so so far so good i mean i think i think we are avoiding overnight travel still so we won't be going to tournaments where we had planned to go and stay in a hotel but other than that i think Everything's planned to go forward as normal. Mm-hmm. So overall, you 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 feel pretty confident. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. th- we, again, we can't plan for the unknown. There could be an outbreak. We may have to shut down. But overall, I I think kids need to be back in school. I think they're excited to be back in school, and I'm willing to to risk that for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just have a couple minutes left. I want to uh, uh, just take a minute here. We're back with Brevin Edberg, uh, Egbert, uh, coming in uh, freshman, incoming freshman. Uh, and a uh, football player. Uh, by the way, what position do you play? Uh, I'm going to play running back and linebacker. Okay, all right. But as we said before, and, and uh, imagine uh, it's sounding like the, the high school have a regular schedule, be playing other high schools you did similar with football, regular schedule, do you think? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, regular schedule. And so you, I guess you're just going to have to be trusting that those schools have good protocols in place as well. Yeah, we're hoping that everybody's following the guidelines. Mm-hmm. And and overall, you you're feeling pretty confident. And I guess you've uh, the, the young people I've been talking to are just just have really missed <laughs> being around their their peers. Have you been feeling that as well? Yeah, I have. This spring was pretty rough for me, and I'm excited to get back. Mm-hmm. And that that outweighs the risk, I guess, of, as as you're seeing it. It does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, Brittany Foster, we'll give you the last word. We have about a minute left. Uh, so you're, you're, as you said, you're, you're trusting the protocols. Uh, uh, Tim Smith, the district office did say in response to a question we had from a listener, uh, that, that there are uh, protocols thresholds uh, where you, you would have to shut down if you get a certain number of cases. 
Uh, I guess we'll just have to play that by ear. Yeah, we will. We'll uh, we'll look at the um, number of students who could have potentially been exposed. We'll work very closely with district administration, our school nurses, and the health department to determine um, what needs to happen if that you know we have an exposure at the school. All right. Well, we've reached the end of our time. Brittany Foster is high school principal in the Cache District. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Alexis Bird is English teacher, PE teacher, and girls basketball coach. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And Brevin Egbert is an incoming freshman in high school coming up. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And uh, thanks uh, to all of our listeners for listening to Access Utah today. Appreciate it. A service of the College of Humanities and Social Sciences at Utah State University, this is Utah Public Radio. Heard statewide on KUSR, Logan, KUSK, Vernal, KUSL, Richfield, KUST, Moab, KCEU, Price, and KUSUFM, Logan. Utah Public Radio and Bridgeland Audubon Society are excited to present the Grow Native for Birds Bookmark Art Contest. All of Utah's wild birds rely on native plants in the wild and in our parks and gardens. And this artist contest celebrates the beauty of this interdependence and connectedness. From now until September 4th, we'll be accepting submissions and then you'll get to vote on your favorite design. The winning design will be printed on an educational bookmark that will be distributed to Utah libraries, local fourth graders, and online available for anyone to view and download. For more details, go to upr.org. And to submit, just send your submissions to katie.swain at usu.edu. Celebrate nature and art.